0: If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet are of the utmost concern. But there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author, Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here's your host, Brian Bailey.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. I'm joined in the studio by my wife, Kira, and dog trainer extraordinaire, Joshua Huffmaster. How's it going? It should have been Ruffmaster, like R-U-F-F. That would have been a perfect fit. Hey, guys, today we have a very, very important topic. In fact, it's so important and so deep, there's no doubt that this is going to take at least a couple episodes to get through all the material. But it's about canine nutrition. And before you go, seriously, nutrition, really? Boring. Boring? It's lunchtime. In fact, speaking (laughs) of nutrition, I need to go get something to eat. Boring. Well, let me tell you just a little bit of something. It's everything. Life at its most fundamental form can be described as nothing more than the exchange of energy for more energy. Even billionaires have to eat. Everyone has to eat. Like all animals, dogs require and humans require a constant source of dietary energy to survive. So this is a really important topic because if you don't get that done, you don't get that little equation energy for more energy done. Then all the other episodes that we've had leading up to this one don't matter. They don't. So don't worry about your dog pulling you when you walk and how to solve that. Your dog jumping on people at the door, how to solve that. Don't worry about shot collars. Don't worry about taking your dog to boarding or daycare or dog parks or whatever. Because let me tell you something. If you don't have the proper nutrients in your dog or yourself, well, it is game over for Rover and it's game over for you too, flat out. So you need to pay attention to this episode if you've ever paid attention to any of the ones that we've had. So, that means, hey, take a deep breath, straighten up your spine, get an energy drink, do whatever you need to do, but let's pay attention and let's get going. Because Kira and I, we witnessed this with our own eyes. If Again, we were talking about before the show, had we not seen this with our own eyes, I don't know if I would believe it. No, I definitely wouldn't believe it. So, what I'm talking about is we have a puppy named Takani. And those of you that are joining us live, you can see a picture of the handsome boy laying up there on the screen. He's a Siberian Husky puppy, and he's an Agati Siberian Husky, which means he's all black except for a little white streak on his chest and on his paws. It looked like he's... Yeah, he stepped into pain is what Kira <laughs> says. And in this picture, he's laying by the fan, hogging the fan. He's like me. Again, he hates summertime. We made that known the last episode. The heat is on. He, get, he doesn't like the heat, so he's laying right by the pool and right by the big fan <laughs> trying to get cool. But I'm telling you what, I love this picture. And it, it, it almost chokes me up looking at it because he almost died. And he almost died because of nutrition. Pure simple. It wasn't that we were starving him by, in fact, it was the complete Oh, gosh, we tried opposite. everything. We, we him got everything. him when he was a young puppy back in September of last year. And from the minute go, he never had a solid stool. He had explosive diarrhea. I mean, if there's degrees of horrible. So what comes, what is 10 times worse than horrible?
2: It's what he had.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was on our blinds. It was on our every part of our house, furniture. He would be standing there and suddenly there it goes. And it was like a fire hose. Yes. So if that wasn't bad enough, the poor guy had no energy. So forget about heel. His training was delayed because of this. Forget walking him. Forget him working on him jumping on guests at our door, or any of the things I just talked about. He didn't do anything but lay around. That's all he did, and drank tons of and water. tons of water yep. because all this water was going out of his body. He was not able to meet his caloric needs. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put them back together again. I mean, we consulted with some incredible local veterinarians yeah, that we had. Test after test after test. Yeah, test after test. Colleagues of mine that, that teach at universities that you can't even pronounce their name. No one. Could figure it out. I owned a veterinary hospital for many years. And I think that was the most frustrating thing of all is that we just couldn't figure it out. He just started to lose his life. Uh, he has one blue eye and one amber eye, but all the light was gone. 20 plus hours a day, he would just lay there on the floor. And we actually started thinking, Time to put him down.
2: Yeah. Well, we thought that that would be the humane thing to do for him
1: because he was so miserable. Yeah. The quality of life was gone. And guys, if you don't, if you've ever owned a dog like that, pay attention because this is so important that you understand about nutrition. But all these tests, all these multitude of rounds of medication, 19, 20 different foods. We tried everything, single ingredient, you name it. We were desperate, desperate. And one day I was on the computer doing research, trying to find an answer. What can save our dog's life? Because no one else can. And lo and behold, I came across an ad for a dog food that is called the farmer's dog. The farmer's dog. It was incredible. Uh, I saw the ad. I looked at it and I was thinking, he needs something. And this ad, I don't know why. I, heck, I see 50 million ads. and
2: Well, we had tried everything else except fresh food. Yeah. That was the only thing that we hadn't fresh
1: had fresh food. So we gave it a shot. Uh, we went online and uh, we ordered up the farmer's dog. And in a few minutes, you're going to listen to an interview that Karen and I had with Brett Podolsky, who is the co-founder of the Farmer's Dog. We had a moment yesterday afternoon to chat with him. Turned out to be a wonderful chat. You guys are going to listen to it in a second. And by the way, just a real quick shout out to Voice America, to our producer, Robert Salino, to Matthew, Ryan's Treasure, and so on and so forth. That team over there took this big file. They uploaded that and they got it ready for today. Uh, it's supposed to take two days. They got her done. Love that team. So anyway, you're going to hear this interview with Brett Podolsky. But before we do that, those of you that are live, I'll kind of dictate it or narrate it here for the radio listeners. But Joshua, go ahead and roll this little film of Takani. Now, this is about a month and a half into eating the farmer's dog. Here he comes racing down the hallway, skidding in, looks like risky business, (laughs) sliding in there right into that food. That's called life. That's called joy. You know, the last time I looked, a dog was supposed to lower my blood pressure and bring you joy, and and that is joy. There's some sort of joy in watching a dog who was not eating, who had no life, let alone sliding across the floor like that. It's amazing. But he races down the hallway. He slams on the brace because it's a tile floor, slides into home, and he dives into that bowl of the farmer's dog. But it's a neat food. And it's neat in the sense that this was a Hail Mary pass. An absolute Hail Mary. We had given up. We were really deciding the next week, we just need to put them down and get it over with. And the food came in. He ate it. And I kid you not, what, one day, care? two days?
2: One day. I swear it was one day.
1: One day. You know, and I hate to say this on the radio, but I've never celebrated a firm stool as much as I celebrated his. I came running in the house. I actually took pictures of he it. He
2: texted me a picture of a turd.
1: Yeah. I'm like, we have a righteous turd. It was incredible. It even had a little carrot top on it and everything. It was. I remember the day after yeah. you came to work and it was like you were walking with a little swagger into work because you had a firm picture. turd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who does that? But guys, it worked. It did. And that means it was all about nutrition Mm. and these 20 other foods and all this medicine and all of these other supplements, nothing worked. Our boy was dying a slow death, the death of a thousand cuts. He was just dying slowly, withering away in front of us, starting to see his skeletal system and nothing anyone could do. But we found the farmer's dog, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about it after we listen to this interview with Brett, but uh, incredible. You know, the neat thing about it that you'll learn in the interview that Brett used to be as confused as we are. You walk into a grocery, I mean, a grocery store or a pet store, or wherever, a feed store, doesn't matter, you are, it's just overwhelming. Yeah, You don't know what to do. And it's funny to listen to him as he kind of worked through as to why food to feed his own dog Mm -hmm. and why he started the farmer's dog. But this is, I want you to listen to it because this is incentive to pay attention to the rest of this episode and the episode that we're going to have next week on this. Because I'm telling you, it saved my dog's life. So Matt, our engineer, if you're listening to me, brother, if you can, let's go ahead and roll that interview with Brett. Podolsky, the co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. Okay, hey, everyone. We have with us today, Brett Podolsky. Did I say that right, Brett? Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. Wow, that was perfect. Anyway, right. Okay. <laughs> Start right, in. right. So here we go. Anyway, you guys heard me tell the story about Takani. Quite amazing. Well, we have Brett here. He's a co-founder of The Farmer's Dog, and they literally saved our dog's life. Brett, thanks for joining us today. No, I'm so happy to be joining you. Thank you so much for the invite. Oh, we appreciate it here. You know, dog food, uh, this episode is a two part episode. It talks a lot about food and, and I don't need to make you aware of it, but by golly, there's so many choices it's out there. It's completely overwhelming at times. It, it is, but you guys make it simple. And anyone listening, I encourage you to go to farmersdog.com, The Farmer's Dog, like plural, farmers. They took out the uh, little hyphen there for the, uh, possibly for the S there. So, it's a farmersdog.com. I encourage you to go along with us. Uh, we're on there right now. And these guys, um, they, they make real food. I mean, they even say when they send it to you, if your dog doesn't eat it, send it back and we will. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm here to tell you, everyone, I've looked at it more than a few times. You want to taste it. Go Yeah, well, that's because I see what you're cooking.
0: (laughs) Oh, that was me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I see my dog diving into it. I'm going, I like turkey. I like rice. I like broccoli. Maybe the carrots, you know, but... I like everything that's in it. So incredible food. Um, again, saved our dog's life. It's real food. It's made fresh. It comes fresh. It comes frozen right to your doorstep. They send instructions with you. All you have to do is open it up, put it in your dog's bowl. Now, we heat ours a little bit only because it's cold. It's really cold. <laughs> Is I wanted to be a little warm for our dog, but I don't think he would care either he way. He
2: would not care one bit.
1: Yeah, he <clears throat> an entire packet of food in about 15 seconds. And then he spends five minutes licking his bowl. Oh, at least five minutes. And then wanting to lick everyone else's bowl, hoping that the farmer's dog will be in everyone else's bowl. Yep. So, again, we're really excited to have Brett here. Uh, incredible for your dog. So, Brett, tell me about this. How did this whole thing get started? Where did you, did you come up with this idea? Obviously, you had dogs. Tell us your story, brother. Well,
2: I guess quick background is my. I actually grew up with a dog who my mother had home cooked for him. His almost his entire life, he was diagnosed with a thyroid issue. Um, and then maybe in the first two years or so that, uh, from us getting him, uh, my mom was home cooking and he lived till 17. So this was something that I had kind of, uh, been around, but fast forward maybe 10 years. And then I got my dog and I go into a dog food store and you know, you're, you're basically recommended what, what they, you know, I, since I walked in and I was like, well, what is the most popular thing? Here? What is, what are most people getting and you know, depending on what store you're in, you're going to get pointed to a different brand. But what I realized was, for one, just like how you guys just said, it's very, very confusing. There's so many options. There's so many variations of each brand. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really just these brown balls. So anyway, what happened with my dog was I had been feeding her kibble and her stomach was, I mean, really really bad it was at the point where i couldn't leave my apartment without rolling up all of the rugs in my house oh, wow, uh, wow. because yeah she couldn't hold it in even for a few hours This and this was constant this went on for two years and many 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 thousands of dollars trying to figure out what was going on with her and every vet had a different recommendation of like a long-term food but one thing that i kept noticing the pattern of was they would recommend feeding her home-cooked food as the silver bullet to solve her stomach problems. They never recommended it long-term. And I didn't understand why, but eventually caught this pattern of using fresh food as the silver bullet. I started to wonder why dog food, like why is it the status quo of dog food to, to, to sell this highly, highly processed food, um, highly processed like brown balls. And then why are vets only recommending, fresh food as a silver bullet, but not long term. Eventually I came to understand why, and that's because when they're cooking it at home, it's almost impossible to make it complete and balanced, which is a, you know, something that you definitely don't want to mess with long term. Uh, but the other thing that I noticed when I started looking into the pet food industry was that brands were marketing their products a lot differently than the way that they were actually making their products. Um, you know, they like to, I mean if a, brand were, if a dog food brand were to simply say, our food is really convenient, I'd be like, okay, sure. That's, a, that, that's totally fair for you to say. But most of these brands are marketing their product to be as if you were going to Whole Foods and cooking this fresh organic food for your dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they put yeah. the picture of the dog in the pasture and they put pictures of fresh ingredients on the bag. But then when you open the bag, there's no fresh ingredients at all. And I started to wonder also, how are these dog food, how is like a pound, let's like, say, of dog food so cheap? It's literally impossible. And no matter what scale you're buying, you're purchasing ingredients at, there's no way for your raw ingredients to get cheap enough to be able to make food like kibble at those prices when you're considering all of the markups of the manufacturer, the distributor, the retail. Um, how are they making money? And it's because they're getting essentially you know, waste product as their raw ingredients that they're then there, they have to render it into a kibble. Um, Lots of really, really scary stuff going on in the dog food industry. And just with regards to how, how the labels work and how packaging works and the regulations in the industry. But I think simply put, no no living being should be eating highly processed food every single day of their lives so when i realized this for my dog i started looking into dog food companies so i could try to find the brand that i felt comfortable feeding my dog and i very quickly realized that there was just not there was not a single brand out there that was making a product that i felt was at the level of quality that i would feed my dog and when i realized this we decided to build that brand
1: wow that's great you know the when you look at it and and Again, guys, I encourage you to go to their website. I believe you have four recipes or three? Right now it's three. Three recipes. That's because our dogs are eating the other two. Are, we have two more kids as well, not just Takani that are also eating the farmer's dog. Again, why would you feed your dog really anything else? I mean, once you start this, it's, you're stuck. So I'm going <laughs> to warn you. You got to get used to opening up those little bags and mixing up and putting it in your microwave if you do that. But the joy when you see the life in your animal and you know, in the last time I looked uh, a dog was supposed to lower my blood pressure, not raise it. not <laughs> to cause me to grieve over it, to be stressed out life. It's all about a quality of life. Um, uh, but that being said, how did you guys achieve the balance? Because dogs do, they are mammals, and they have a simple digestive system just like humans do. How did were you able to achieve that balance with those ingredients that you use? So essentially what we do is we
2: partner with veterinary nutritionists, um, who understand exactly how to truly balance the food. So what we'll do is we'll we'll take uh, a set of ingredients, and then our nutritionist will also will recommend um, basically a mixture of vitamins and minerals to supplement all of the deficiencies. Um, so, for instance, if you would only to if you were just to cook meat with a, with a few vegetables in it, um, you might. Unlikely, but you might be able to make the the, the the diet complete where they're receiving all of their, all of the essential nutrients. But then the difficult part is getting those nutrients to be in the perfect ratios to each other. That's the real tricky part. And that's, that's essentially why vets recommend these big pet food companies is because they know the food is going to be balanced and the balancing is really hard. So we had to essentially develop these recipes where we would get a recipe and, put the nutrients in, we'd send it to we'd cook it, we'd send it to the lab, and then we'd receive the results, and you start to realize the results are actually a little bit different than what you're expecting them to be. So that you need to then tweak the recipe, send it out to the lab, and then keep going through that process until you've learned exactly what that mixture of meat, vegetables, and vitamins and minerals are uh, that you need in order to make a truly balanced recipe that you could scale.
1: Yeah, because you know, I, I'll be honest with you, when we received our farmer's dog and we looked at the ingredients, there was really wasn't a lot. You know, again, you go to a, a dog, a, a bag of dog food, and there's 50 million ingredients, all the different amino acids and GLU, GLN, so on and so forth. And you're really confused as to what you're actually putting in your dog. Yours is very simple. So mm-hmm. just that simplicity typically never raises a concern with me. I always believe in, you know, keep it simple, stupid rule. But knowing a little bit about nutrition, I said, huh, is our young, growing husky going to achieve the nutrients, all the essential nutrients, everything that he needs to grow? Will there be enough in that? And the neat thing, guys, is not only... Does the farmer's dog do that? Uh, But incredible customer service because I voiced that concern almost immediately. I said, hey, before I get into this, uh, I hope it clears up our dog's gastrointestinal issue. But number two, will it be sustaining? Will it be long-term as you mentioned? Because this is something that he may have to stay on for life uh, because it was that severe. And I was worried about will he be receiving his body everything that he needs for healthy growth uh to maintain vitality uh his mind working and everything and you guys responded i mean i you were so impressed because you got a text back i did it It was a text i thought we were the only (laughs)
0: people who did this look somebody
1: else has great customer service too yeah so you guys hit it you hit it on the head because we've now watched our dog not just recover but he's growing. In fact, he's here today at daycare because he has too much energy. Yeah, he was driving us a little nuts. Yeah, it was time for him to run some of that off. Uh, yeah. So I guess how long did it take you guys to achieve that balance to, to get, make sure everything was tweaked to where it is today? And, and are you still tweaking it?
2: No. Well, so at this point now, it's more so about adding new recipes. But luckily, when it comes to balancing, there, there's not that many of them, but there are about, I think, a little under 100 veterinary nutritionists, and we work with a few of them. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's, it's fairly simple for them to balance the recipe. The only things that start to change is, you know, for instance, if you're cooking a certain ingredient at a higher temperature, or if you cook it for a little bit longer and it loses moisture and then all of the nutrients become a little bit more, uh, dense because you're losing, you're losing a key ingredient, which is water. So we actually don't lose water in the way that we cook it. Um. But every, but you know, the thing that we understood was the key is, is when you figure out how to make the recipe right, you have to know that the way that you cook it that day is the way that you will scale the recipe. So everything has to be cooked exactly the same every single time. Without uh, there can't even be a touch of variance, uh, because that's when the balance starts. That's when you can start risking the balance of the recipe. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, tweaking, in terms of like, const- in terms of getting the recipe to where it needed to be, it took a few iterations of just sending it to the lab. Uh, but luckily, you know, when, whenever we do cook something, we cook it in the exact same way that we're going to cook it at scale, as opposed to, you know, cooking it in your, at, at your in-home kitchen um, just because it's a sample, because it, do- it doesn't translate. You can't commercialize or you can't scale with, sa- with the same cook process that you could cook in your kitchen with.
1: No, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you see so many people just want to give, for example, chicken and rice, and and that's it. And you're sitting there going, you're not getting all Mm -hmm. of the... Missing it. Yeah. You're not all the nutrients that you need. And water. One thing with Takani was that when he was ill, he drank incessantly. I mean, he might as well have been a camel. Yeah. He would drink (laughs) and drink. Uh And again, you know, 70% of their body weight is water, and I get they need an ounce per pound, but on any given day it was three or four ounces per pound it's all he wanted to do is drink water and then as soon as he started to eat your food and had that high digestibility he cut way back it was so noticeable yeah and in fact it was so drastic again kind of like this high maintenance client here you know (laughs) helicopter pet owner i contacted the farmer's dog again and i asked them i go okay This is so drastic. Is there an issue with this food or what's going on here? Because again, I I have fed dogs like you, dry food. I bought into the marketing scheme. I saw the dog that looked like a wolf in the forest. And I said, that's just gotta be good for my dog. (laughs) And yet they still drink and drink and drink because Mm -hmm. there's no water in that food. But yet Takani. He quit drinking so much. He did. It's yeah. Wonderful. And it was just amazing. So therefore, there, it's really important that water be in the food because they're only going to get water from two sources, either their food or voluntary drinking. And that's, that's awesome that you guys are able to, to keep that water in the food the way you do
2: yeah no thank you, you know, I just reminded me of something that you said earlier about how these bags they have so many ingredients and that so that that is a pretty common pet industry thing Like, we kept it very simple because well for one we just didn't want to it just didn't make sense to use a ton of ingredients there's no real benefit uh, we'd also rather not use you know, you don't want to have to really um use the same ingredient on several recipes either just in case there's a dog that maybe has a sensitivity or an allergy to it that we don't want to block them from all of our recipes but something that that commonly goes on in the pet world uh, because i know you've i'm sure you've heard uh, you want the meat to be the first ingredient right right now the now the issue is obviously we use a lot of meat for a lot of these companies uh it's hard to get their prices where they want it to be because meat is an expensive ingredient so and so you don't want to use too much of it. We we use over fifty percent meat in all of our recipes, but for these companies who want to keep their food really really cheap, they can't use that much meat. Um, so what they end up what they find is that. A lot of the other ingredients by percentage are actually higher than the meat in their food. So, what do you do to reduce the percentage of all of the other ingredients to make meat the highest percentage? Is you add more ingredients. They call it ingredient splitting. So, instead of having, let's just say, you know, for us, let's just say our, um, like a carbohydrate that we'll use, let's just say, uh, but let's just say chickpeas. For this for this example, uh, instead of just using chickpeas, you could use chickpeas, lentils, rice, sweet potato, white potato, and now you just take it. Now you just took one rest, one ingredient that would be probably more than meat, in, in for most companies, but now you just divided it into four or five, which then meat moves higher up on your list. They mm. do the same. Peas. They don't want to say they're using so much peas, so they'll say peas, pea protein, pea powder um, to split the ingredients so that they have meat as their first ingredient.
0: That's sneaky. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it, it's it's like that. It's kind of like buying a bag of potato chips and you open it and seventy percent is air. Yeah. <laughs> you take this really big bag and again, you, there's so many marketing schemes out there. It's yeah. a real shame okay. because I'm telling you. You know, the old saying, you are what you eat. Um, I am more of a fan. I've always known that. Again, I've been around dogs. My dogs in Alaska that pull my sled. It was amazing how they could pull that sled, literally eating salmon. But they ate the entire salmon, everything, Mm -hmm. bones, whatever the salmon had eaten, they ate that um, and so I guess they were getting what they needed back in those days. Uh, because, but again, I don't know compared to nowadays. But if they're on the farmer's dog. I may have won a few races.
2: You might have.
1: Maybe I would stop them from fighting like they always wanted to do. But <laughs> I may yeah. have won a race or two. Uh, when I uh, I literally applied, it seemed like to be able to purchase your food, meaning you have a very well thought out. Uh, filter system or or just tell us about your dog and it it took me about 10 minutes to fill out what age is he what weight is he issues he's having Any issues he's having and then once you select the issue it takes you down another road Let's start honing in on that issue and by the time I finished with it it said yeah he needs to be on the the turkey and rice formula And just what I was thinking, so that was well thought out. Is that something that uh, you guys came up with with your veterinary nutritionist? How did how did that play into what you guys do? Well,
2: the thought process behind that. We, we, simply put, we want to make feeding the healthiest food easier than ever. Right. That's kind of the simple idea. But there was a lot of other things where you know, I mean, there was this one key uh, emotion that we realized most. Uh, pet owners don't have, especially when they're trying to figure out what kind of food to give their dog is peace of mind. They don't really have that. And I I don't think it's anybody's responsibility to really have to know uh, how to really feed their dog or to understand canine nutrition. It's just not something that everybody needs to know about. You should be able to rely on a company that actually cares about your dog's well-being. Um, advise you in the right direction Um, so something for us that we noticed was we go into pet food stores just like the just like the example I gave earlier and you see a hundred brands and then like a thousand options and one option it says all natural and you're like okay great all natural that sounds like something I'd want to feed my dog and then there's another bag next to it that says organic, you are know, like, oh my God, organic, all natural. And uh, then maybe I'm going to go with the organic one. That sounds <laughs> even cooler. And then there's a bag right next to it that has a picture of your dog's breed on it. And you're like, oh, done. This one was meant for my dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my dog. So they,
2: yeah. yeah, they must have some special stuff. And then there's another one that's a wolf. I'm like, oh, my dog is a wolf, right? And like, I think maybe he used to be a wolf. I don't know. Uh, maybe the wolf is the right way to go because the wolves are in the wild. And I feel like my dog should kind of live that life. But at the end of the day, it's all marketing. And if you cut open all of those bags, they all just have highly processed brown balls in them. And the only positive thing is that they're complete and balanced. But the way that they make this food um, is through extrusion. And we all know that a byproduct of extrusion is carcinogens called acrylamide. And mm-hmm. that's definitely not something we want to be feeding our pets every single day of their lives, every single meal of their lives. Um, I mean, we'll eat junk food here and there, but I would never eat junk food. As the only source of nutrients for my entire life. Uh, so anyway, back to your question. Sorry. Um, what we realized was all of these options are really just confusing. They're not giving anybody peace of mind. They're, if anything, they're taking it away. They're not making it any any more convenient. It's just confusing. It's just a lot of marketing. Um, so we wanted to, we wanted the exact opposite experience. We wanted you to come to our website. We learn the important things about your dog, and then we can advise what you should be feeding. And the options that you see are the options that work for your dog. As opposed to seeing a million options, maybe you know, half of them work, maybe they all work, maybe none of them work. But how am I supposed to know that as a new pet owner in the dog store? Um, so we wanted to really help and give people peace of mind and give them the comfort knowing that they're picking something that actually does work for their dog.
1: You know, that was so important for me. Again, I'm a bit of a skeptic. And that's that's my job on this radio show to clear through all the marketing BS that's out there. And when you do this and you're constantly looking for the fraud, you're looking for the over-representation and misrepresentation and everything else, as I was thinking turkey and rice, I'd done my research Asked a few colleagues, they all pointed that direction. So when the farmer's dog came up, I ran through that questionnaire. And I'm thinking, huh, we'll see. <laughs> let's just see, let's see what they come up with. And when it came up, turkey and rice, I said, I'm in, we'll give it a shot. So you passed the test, good for you. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you had that for people because you're right. There's a reason why we're doing a two episode uh, on canine nutrition. I've been around this industry for 40 years. I, I used to think I knew a thing or two about nutrition, but it has passed me by. I've learned so much just doing research for this show, things that have changed. Dogs have changed uh, to a degree. So therefore, there's so much out there. It is, it's wonderful that you can actually guide people to what they need. And that's really important because so many times they may want to feed their dog something with beef or pork in it. Cause maybe that's what they like. So of course, then therefore my dog should like that. You you're going to eat this and you will like it <laughs> uh, type attitude. But you guys actually steered them based upon how they fill out that questionnaire, what their dog needs. And then they like it. Palatability is everything. I don't care how good your food is. If the dog won't eat it, Game over. They're not going to help. Yeah. Yeah. they got one to eat it. You
2: know what's really cool about dogs? And this is something that I don't, that human beings unfortunately don't have this beautiful thing. Um, dogs just so happen to love the food that is healthiest for them. Yeah. That is Which so true. lucky. I have such a hard time maintaining my diet because I pass. the five delicious pizza places on, on the way home from work every day. Um, but when it comes to my dog, both my dogs, actually, uh, they eat only what I put in their bowl. I mean, quite literally, they would eat anything, uh, especially all the uh, the street chicken that we find. called call them street treats in the office. Uh, there's chicken all over New York City for some reason. And um, my dogs, I, I, mean, yeah, I have to like watch like a hawk because they've gotten smart about how they, they'll kind of wait. And then the last moment, they'll just jump on it. Um, but they can, they'll eat anything. So you really can't trust them to make smart health choices for themselves. But they're so blessed in that they love the food that's healthy for them.
1: Yeah. I'll, and then I, I think the same thing until I see one of our mortgage. He's got so many names. His real name is Dave. We call him A.K.A. Chicken and A.K.A. Pigpen. Well, when the pigpen more is around. He'll go after a stool, and you're thinking, "Okay, I thought you were supposed to pick what's healthy for you." But then again, maybe there's more into that than I know. But uh, as we were telling you before this interview, you know, I mean, for months, and we're talking over nine months. The only thing that we we got is a bowel movement uh, is pure water. I mean, water, wow. explosive water, and therefore, why he drinks so much water and why there was no life in him there was nothing his body had nothing to absorb he would try to eat things of course he'd eat a little bit just because his body's saying you need something i don't care if it's good or bad you still need to eat something and so therefore when he finally had a firm stool Karen and I celebrated. That was a bad do. We, we have pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> we should show those pictures. We, we have actual pictures of it. We celebrated. That it just tells that everything is working. So, yeah, the questionnaire works. And then another neat thing that, uh, so again, he's a growing husky. So, as he started to rebound, started to feel better eating the food, he picked up more energy. And then, of course, life in its most basic form is an exchange of energy for more energy. Well, all of a sudden I go, wait a minute. I don't think he's getting enough, but I dare not switch him. He just is not getting enough farmer's dog. He was getting thinner and thinner. So again, here I go. I'm contacting the <laughs> farmer's dog. And they said, hey, simple, Brian, just go onto your account and select more calories. I went, what? What? more calories, meaning not like a bigger bag or whatever. And they go, no, it's just all work out. Trust me. I did. <laughs> and it worked what? out. <laughs> the bag's about the same length. It just feels like there's more in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he's fine. He's got great weight. He looks terrific. Uh, so you guys can even do that. You can adjust the calorie level, correct?
2: Yes, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a service. You know, we're obviously a health we're a health food company for dogs, um, but it's about the service. That's why our customer experience team, they're just, I mean, if you've gotten the chance to really communicate with them, aside from being really smart and educated and passionate they're also the most kind, wonderful people I've ever met. I mean, the whole company is actually filled with just the most kind, talented people I've ever I've ever been lucky enough to come across. Um, and that and that and our customer experience is so 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 important to us. It's really not just about selling food or trying to get as many customers. We want our customers to be with us for life, and we want them to have this flawless, effortless, nothing but positive experience with us.
1: All right, everyone. We're going to uh, cut that interview a little bit short there. We had a great time talking to Brett and we'll pick up on the rest of that interview on the next episode there and just wrap it up there. But again, an incredible company it speaks of volumes about how important nutrition is and how important the ingredients are that go into your dog. So let's just get right into it. And I want to, again, I want to thank Brett for coming on and let us uh, learn a little bit about him, a little bit about the company how things are, are done. Uh, so again, let's get started on this because this is really, really important that we cover some of this ground here today. Okay, number one. So many times, what is the number one question we get asked all the time when it comes to food? Are dogs plant eaters, omnivores, or are they carnivores? And does it really matter? Well, according to many, there's more evidence more research pointing in the direction that dogs are still carnivores it points in that direction because of many things first of all just look at their digestive system when you it's called the coefficient of fermentation and this is by Dr. Wouter Hendricks of Utrecht University and he talks about that he talks about how herbivores have a high ability to extract nutrition from plant matter and that's what They do. They have the ability to have this plant matter ferment in their system. We don't. We don't have that capability. We can't break down all of these plants the way they do and convert it into energy. Uh, They have a high coefficient of fermentation. Carnivores aren't equipped to do this. So that's it's kind of another reason why we look more towards carnivores and why Brett was talking about how it's important that the main ingredient in food be meat, regardless of whether you're a vegetarian, your beliefs, your dog is pointed more in the direction of a carnivore. And other things to add to that is their teeth. Their teeth are designed for meat. Uh, there's innate behaviors, digging. Digging in your yard is one of them, not only just to cache food, because that's an instinct from wolves. When I have a full belly and I have cubs on the ground, I'm going to cache some of my food. I need to be able to have that food to feed my offspring. Uh, And then also for hunting. There's also the issue that dogs have indeed changed. I'll be the first to admit that, but science will admit it. They have changed from a genetic standpoint, from adaptation, from living with humans millennia and therefore when you live around a bunch of humans who eat diets heavy and starch and grains and you're getting tossed the leftovers welcome to nature she gave all of us the ability to flexibly deal with our ego niche, to adapt to it so they adapted to it it's no different go to a foreign country maybe at first I always recommend take a little <laughs> sip with you Your microbial population, in your gut is not designed for that food. But just go ahead and stay there for a couple of months to see what happens. You adapt. Yeah, you do. You adapt. And this is important. So, therefore, he goes on in his article, and this is an article that, by the way, that was done by Patty Cooley, who's a veterinarian and works at a veterinary clinic in Miami. And uh, she did all the interviewing with uh, Dr. Hendricks. And it's just important uh, because you have to understand that when you select dog food, you have to pick food for a carnivore, not an omnivore. So that's really important. They can have other ingredients in it. When a wolf makes a kill, they're killing plant eaters. And the plant eaters have all of those nutrients in their fat. It's in their skin. It's in their rumen. It's in their ovals. It's in their stomach. It's in their intestines. And therefore, that gets ingested by the predators when they eat. The Uh, So as part of it, they they do get plant material. No one eats just pure meat. Uh, And that's really important that we have some of that plant material in their food. And that'll come up later in the episode when we talk about raw diet versus commercially produced raw diets versus you going to the grocery store and just buying chicken. Yeah,
2: that actually reminded me about that, how people used to do that. They'd be just chicken.
1: Oh, and some people still do, mm-hmm. and there's there's some definitely more cons with that than there are pros. Uh, so, again, I'm going to go ahead and vote to say the dogs are carnivores. There's just too much evidence that points in that direction, and what does that mean for you as a dog owner? It should point you in the direction of meat. Make sure that the main ingredient in your dog's food is meat. All right, the next thing, nutrients. They have to have Nutrients. What is a nutrient? You know, a nutrient by definition refers to components in the diet that have specific functions within the body that contribute to growth, to tissue maintenance, and health. Essential nutrients are those that cannot, they cannot be produced by the body at a rate that is adequate to meet the body's needs. So it must be supplied in the diet. So that's really important. You've got to make sure you have those nutrients in the diet. Uh, And all dogs have a requirement for six major categories of nutrients. One you heard in the interview with Brett, water. You have to have water in the food. Dogs are only going to obtain water much like you. You're either going to voluntarily drink it or you're going to eat it. It's in your food. So they have to have water. They have to have carbohydrates. They have to have proteins. They have to have fats. Fats. Fats equal energy. And they have to have minerals and they have to have vitamins. But know this, when your dog is eating its body of everything that it just consumed, it will process energy-yielding nutrients first. So again, here we go. Why do carnivores eat meat? Because they need energy and more energy, and they need it now. Real, fast, sustaining energy right now. You don't get to sit on a hillside, two legs shorter than the other two legs, (laughs) graze on grass, one pasture to the next, all day long. No. A predator hunts, speed, power, stamina, kills, dissects, ingests, And there we go. And then the life cycle repeats itself over and over again. So their body was designed to convert this food into quick energy, much like your own. So those are really important. Um, So now after we've kind of gone through, you know, what are dogs and a little bit of, of a biology class on nutrients and what are the six major categories that your dog needs the most. Let's just go through those. But before we do, is talk a little bit about energy because that's the whole idea behind this. When your dog consumes food, it's for the purpose of having energy. Energy. And again, we did not see any energy in Takani. So therefore, everything pointed to diet. The problem is we just couldn't solve the riddle. There was some sort of missing component that just wasn't there. And to this day, we still don't know. Yeah, it's a mystery.
2: We don't know what ingredient is the key ingredient.
1: Yeah. If it's not broke, don't go break it. So, therefore, we're sticking with it. Uh, But when it comes to energy, just a little bit again, biology 101, energy is necessary for the performance of all of the body's metabolic work, which includes maintaining and synthesizing body tissues, engaging in physical work, and regulating normal body temperature. So, of course, the sun gives energy to plants, plants give energy to herbivores and ungulates, who then uh, will morph that uh, energy or that material of the plants into fat. And then wolves and dogs use fat and convert that into energy. So, the higher fat content that your dog food has, know this, the more energy it's going to provide for your dog. So, a lot of people who are trying to have more of a sedentary dog, a calmer dog, uh, a dog that's easier to handle. Will make the mistake, unknowingly, and purchase food that you might as well be giving the dog an energy drink. The fat content is so high that now the body is saying, "Oh, oh! Now that you gave me this high octane unleaded, I'm ready to go." So keep an eye on that, guys, when you're buying food, because fat is converted into energy and know this regardless of what a dog needs I don't care what the essential nutrients whatever vitamins whatever minerals no matter what the dog will again always process energy yielding nutrients first because that's it meaning your dog was designed to get energy to be able to go get more energy you know and I tell people all the time Dogs don't have a clue that we are going to be lifelong benefactors. They don't. They're not for sure that you're going to keep supplying that dog food to them. Now, they get it. They are animals who habituate to certain movements of the sun, time, season, so on and so forth. And they certainly know when it's time to eat. Ours do. Yeah, their stomach is telling them, their brain is telling them, and they know exactly where it's located, and they know where you're located, and they know how to motivate you to influence your behavior, to get up from whatever you're doing and come feed me. That they've got. But you take these same dogs, and you turn them loose in the wild, and all of a sudden there's not a kitchen. There's not a pantry full of food. And now life just boiled down to nothing more than I need to eat. I mean, watch any show, any show that talks about predators. That is their entire waking lives. Mm -hmm. Hunt, hunt, reproduce, hunt. There you go, over and over again. You've got to get that energy. And therefore, their body was designed to do that efficiently. So no matter what you feed your dog, whatever nutrient provides energy, Whatever ingredient it is, your dog's body will absorb that first. First thing off the bat. And then after that, it's just a matter of meeting your dog's daily energy requirements. And what is that? What is your daily energy requirements? It's whatever is necessary for you to achieve your body. And Again, notice I keep saying you because you're a mammal. You need to pay attention to this because this is your body as well. It's your resting metabolic rate, and that is the energy to achieve homeostasis in your body. That's a steady internal physical and chemical conditions, just maintaining that. It takes energy just to maintain your body's chemistry, all your organs functioning properly requires a ton of energy, and the young need a whole lot more than the old. A whole lot more than the, old. the younger you are, the more energy you need for the functioning of your organs uh, to achieve that homeostasis. Life wants to achieve a balance within your body. It doesn't want too much of this, too little of that. It doesn't want to be too hot. It doesn't want to be too cold. It wants to maintain a stable, life-sustaining chemical and physical condition within. So your dog's daily energy requirements are needed for its RMR, the resting metabolic rate. Also, it's needed for what we call meal-induced thermogenesis. And that's simply making sure that your dog is using energy to, for the cost of digesting, absorbing, and utilizing nutrients. So in other words, when you eat something, just the entire process in the mouth, down the esophagus, into the stomach, into the smaller intestines, larger intestines, and out. That requires energy. Energy. just doesn't slide down a chute, twirl around a few times, and start heading out the back end. (laughs) The whole body requires energy, and that's known as thermogenesis. And about 10% of anything that your body takes in or your dogs is used just for that alone. So 10% of that. Uh, young dogs, of course, need much more. And they'll use upwards of over 30% while they're growing. So, again, more calories, more energy, the younger your dog is. If you have a young puppy, you have to stay ahead of this. This is one of those trains that you don't get to catch up to. If you do, it's a severe condition, kind of like the Connie's. We were able to catch up, but we still, we, we will never know what is the long-term effect of his body being robbed of the nutrients that it needed when he was a young dog. Right. So much development happens then. Yeah. And then the next uh, part, so again, we're working up our way to that 100% level. There's voluntary muscular activity. Uh, So again, that's walking, chasing something, going after that ball, barking, jumping on people. All of that requires muscular activity. All of it. And therefore, your dog's body, about 30%, if it's a moderate activity, so maybe a slow walk, maybe just a little bit of a throw the ball only about 20 feet away, and that's about it. Maybe doing a little bit of training. These would be considered for most dogs, moderate activity. Well, it's just moderate activity. For an adult dog, their body will utilize 30%. Again, energy, expenditure, all the nutrients going in. So now it's really starting to add up quickly. And you can see where a dog can go backwards in a real hurry because it doesn't have enough nutrients and enough energy inside of it. And then lastly, the nutrients in the food that you feed your dog are utilized to maintain body heat. And as you heard last week from Dr. Kelsey, the average dog's temperature, internal temperature is 102 degrees. That's a furnace. I am so thankful mine is not that. <laughs> that Add that to Memphis heat and it would just be game over for me. <laughs> so, it's kind of, you, you hear all of these things. Resting metabolic rate, meal-induced thermogenesis, voluntary muscular activity, maintaining body heat. That's where it all goes. It's all part of the ingestion, digestion, pull-out of anything that your dog eats is required for all of this. So again, think about it. Junk food. If you're just feeding your dog junk food, you're not thinking about your dog's diet. About all the nutrients balancing that diet, making sure it has the proper water intake. Your dog's body will suffer from that. And when it starts to suffer, here's the problem with dogs. They suffer in silence. In silence. They don't voice complaints. T- T- Connie never complained. He never whined. He never moaned. He just did his best to stay alive. And they can sneak up on you in a real hurry. And next thing you know, you're going, oh my gosh, what happened to my dog? And again, that train is a very difficult one to hop on once it's left the, the station. Very difficult. You have to work with uh, so many different issues. All right, so now... As we move on from there, as you can imagine, it's really important that you maintain good record keeping. It's vital. Um, Most dogs have the ability to do what we call self-feeding. They can regulate how much energy they need. They can regulate how much food that they take in. But we'll talk about more of that on our next episode and get deep into that because record keeping is incredible. It, it, you have to do it. If you do that, if you actually know how much your dog eats, how much food is given of any type of vitamins or nutrients or anything, you will be way ahead of that train. That train will not run you over. So, guys, next week, we spend a lot of time on this one talking to bread, find out why it's so important to consider what it is that you're feeding your dog. Not the money, but what it is. Next week, we're going to get into it a little bit deeper and jump all the way into carbohydrates, proteins, amino acids. We cover all of those. Cover fat. Cover GMOs. What the heck are those darn things? Cover that. Are those good for your dog are they not good for your dog? Digestibility. There's so much more to cover. What food should you feed? What should you not feed your dog? And we'll cover those next week. But I hope you're motivated. Join us next week as we unearth this thing and make sure that your dog is being fed the food that it should be fed. We'll catch you guys next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild and Your Dog. Next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.